Hi there, and welcome to All Nations Church. We are so glad that you've joined us today. And whether you're a part of our local community or you're listening across the oceans from a different part of the globe, we are honored to have you here. Yes, times have changed and church as we know it looks a little bit different around the globe, but we truly believe that what the enemy intended for harm against us, God has used to draw his people closer together, uniting us in one heart and one mind. Our mission through these unpredictable times will ever remain the same, to bring a lost and hurting world around the globe into a life relationship with Christ Jesus. If you would like to know more about us as a church or what we are a part of, please visit our website at allnationswestend.com. Join us now as we hear from our senior pastor, Ross Coco. Hallelujah. Amen. It feels like such a long time. Amazing. I, um, when I came in tonight, I looked at Pastor Alex and I said, Pastor Alex, your shirt matches my pants. <laughs> Something's happening here. Something's happening in this place. I said, it's probably because you need to check out All Nations. Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) Praise the Lord. It is such a blessing to be here again. Amen. How many of you were watching our online church services? Amen. Oh, quite a few. I mean, it was a blessing. Um, It stretched Pastor Alex and myself. (laughs) It's really hard to preach to a camera when you're used to preaching to a congregation. But praise God, we got through it. But I can't tell you, there's no substitute for the real thing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, late last year, I declared that 2020 was going to be a year of blessing. Does anyone remember that? (laughs) I'm not going to take it back, but I will say this. That sometimes when we think of God's blessing, we have something else that we anticipate in our minds. But I can say that 2020 is a blessing to the body of Christ because I believe that 2020 is a wake-up call to the church at large. It's a preparation for us that we need to be ready. We need to truly be ready for the second coming of Christ. We need to have our hearts ready, church. So I do believe it is a blessing because the world at the moment and its systems are crumbling around them and there is great fear and uncertainty in the world. With COVID-19, there is continuous outbreaks and now we've heard about, uh, they call it the second wave. And it's causing problems around the world in businesses, but also now in Australia, in Victoria. The Victorians are suffering this second wave. And I can see that many people are being brought to their knees. So I think that it's time for the church to respond. See, we do have the answer, as Pastor Alex shared before. And we know that the answer is a name that is above every other name. We know that at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess and every knee will bow at his name. Amen? Because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. 
you know, and do something quite strange. <laughs> There's that song, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And there is power in the name of Jesus. Because he will break every chain. He will break every chain in everyone's life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 It's not my audition for the worship team, by the way. Pastor Ross will stick to preaching. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. I won't, I won't let you. <laughs> but there is power. Do we really believe that there is power in the name? Because if we really believe it, church, we will live it. We will believe it. We will act it. We will declare it. Hallelujah. See, there's power in his name. There's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And tonight, I do have a message. And I'll just quickly tell you, it's titled, The Power of a Surrendered Life. Now, before I preach, I always like to pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that we have come back here together again as the body of Christ Lord, it is a privilege to be with my brothers and sisters, O oh God. And Lord, I pray that even during these times, Lord, that you would use them mightily and powerfully, O oh God. Lord, that they would be vessels, Lord, filled by you, O oh God. I thank you, Lord, for them, O oh God. I thank you for tonight, O oh God. And I thank you for that anointing power that rests upon my life. And I pray that as the word goes forth, it would go under your anointing power, Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that people's lives would be touched, Lord, because of your word and because of who you are. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Let's get straight into the word. I'll see. Harry, thank you. We'll start. We're going to start with um, Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. So we'll go through this. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and 
praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Hallelujah. See, church, this is one of the first most awesome miracles that was recorded after the apostles had received the anointing power of the Holy Spirit. See, this is one of the first recorded powerful miracles that we saw these men had completely transformed lives. After the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon them with power. Hallelujah. That is why um, the faith that was resting in Peter, he knew. He said, I don't have... Look at the words that he used there. He says, um, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have... um, What I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. So what did Peter have? What did he have? He says, I don't have material things to give you, but I do have something to give you. What does he have? See, he had the anointing power, the same anointing power that miraculously raised Jesus from the dead, that same Um, anointing power was that that healed the man that was crippled from birth at the gate of the temple called beautiful it was the same anointing power hallelujah and see that same anointing holy ghost power is available to the church today hallelujah do we believe it do we believe it that that same anointing power exists today because the Holy Spirit who lives in us is the one who has it. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so what happens? We must exercise our authority in the name of Jesus. We must exercise the authority that we have in his name, just as the Apostle Paul did Is the Apostle Paul more special than us? Is the uh, Apostle Paul, sorry, the Apostle Peter it was. Is the Apostle Peter more special than us? Did the Apostle Peter have some special calling on his life? That's why he was able to do it. No, church. The only reason why that man at the gate, beautiful, the only reason why he was raised from Uh, that crippling uh, uh, birth defect, because it says in the Bible that was from his birth. Now, it doesn't disclose how old he was, but it says for many years they carried him there. For many years he was there at that gate because that's all he could do was beg for money. He wasn't able to do anything else. But then what happens? What happens? That anointing power The Apostle Peter releases faith and he says, I will give you something. He said, I will give you something in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name. I will give you something. And immediately, not half an hour later, not a day later, but immediately, it says, his ankles, his legs, it received strength, hallelujah. Then he was able to stand up and then he was able to leap and glorify God, hallelujah. 
See, that is a God that we serve. He's real, hallelujah. We need to believe it, church. We need to have the faith in us to believe for these miracles because God is the one who performs them. But we just have to release faith, hallelujah. God does the work. Just release faith, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. See, then what we see that happens if we continue to read on in chapter 3, I'm not going to read, I'm just going to tell you what takes place. Then we see that people start to gather around the apostles because, you know what, the word got around town that that man that was crippled, that's been there, that they all knew because they used to watch him day after day, he's walking. So it drew how many people were drawn to come and see what, what is this about? What has happened? What's going on? What is happening in this place? And all these people were drawn around the apostles. And then Peter starts to address the crowd and he says to them, why do you marvel at what has taken place? And why do you look at us as if this miracle was done through us by our own power or by our own godliness? No, he says. Then Peter, led by the Holy Spirit, goes into full-on preaching mode, seizing the opportunity to preach to the crowd. He explained to those presents, to the Israelites, that their God, the father of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, glorified Jesus. And then he tells them that he was the one that you guys rejected and you asked for him to be executed. But he is the Holy One. He is the Prince of Life. You didn't recognize him, but he is the one. Hallelujah. And then he goes on. Peter goes on to say that in your ignorance, you didn't recognize him. But God foretold all these things through the mouths of his prophets that the Christ would suffer and that this is the fulfillment of the prophecy spoken. Hallelujah. Then Peter, full of the Holy Ghost, he gives it, he gives it straight to the crowd right between the eyes. He says this in verse 19 of Acts chapter 3. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. See, he took the opportunity. He seized the opportunity to preach the gospel. While all those crowds were marveled about this miracle that's happened, then he preached the gospel. Hallelujah. But you know what happens? Then the enemy always comes to counteract. And what happens to the apostles? It says then, um, we see that um, the, the religious leaders... Uh, it was the captain of the temple and the Sadducees. They had them all arrested. They arrested them, threw them into jail. But it doesn't stop there because the devil tried to shut them down. But in verse, in Acts chapter 4, verse 4, it says this. However, many of those who heard the word believed. And the number of men that came to be about 5,000. 5,000, hallelujah. 5,000 people believed. Hallelujah. What, what an awesome thing. 
And I believe that today we can see the same power of God touch people's lives. It wasn't the Apostle Peter and it wasn't the Apostle John. It wasn't how good they were. It was the power, the anointing power of the Holy Spirit that touched all those people's lives. Hallelujah. And that's why 5,000 of them believed. See, church, that's what happens when you have an anointed, infused person that's been anointed by the Holy Ghost. See, it doesn't stop there. There is still more. If we read then from Acts chapter 4, verses 8 to 13, and then it says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers, so he's now addressing those people that put him in prison. He said, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all. Let me make it very clear. If you want to judge me on what I've done, let me be very clear with you. He says, and and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of... By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man stands here before you whole. Hallelujah. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. Because here we have these men that are so educated, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the leaders, they were so educated, they were so full of head knowledge, and they saw these poor old fishermen that are speaking in the way that they did, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Now, church, this is amazing because we see here through this that this last verse that these um, uneducated men that spoke with power and authority, that there was something supernatural about what was happening in their lives. And then that last part of verse 13 really impacts me because it says they realized that they had been with Jesus. See, church, that is so awesome because that is what I think the church today needs to be like. People need to realize that we have been with Jesus because he lives in us, hallelujah, because he is, he is working through us, that the world needs to know that we are with Jesus, hallelujah. They need to get that revelation, just like they had the revelation there with the apostles, that those Pharisees, those religious people realize there's something that's supernatural about these guys. They're speaking with authority. They're speaking uh, beyond their limitations. This is not just from man. They can't be speaking this way. God has done something to these people. Hallelujah. See, church, the same supernatural power of the Holy Ghost can be upon our lives today. All we need to do is to live a surrendered life to him. 
we need to be submitted, filled by, led by the Holy Spirit, then this anointing power will be present in your life daily. We can do nothing on our own accord, in our own strength. There's nothing that we can do in our own ability. See, it requires a heart that is willing to be obedient and that is willing to walk in the spirit and not walk in the flesh. That's what is required. That's what the apostles did then. They had hearts that were sold out. They were willing to be obedient. They were willing to be vessels that God would use powerfully. That's all that was different about them is because they were completely sold out and God used them mightily and powerfully. That's the heart that we need to have. That's the heart that we need to operate with today, church. Hallelujah. God, the Holy Spirit, is seeking such to live a life in submission to him. If we live in such a way, the supernatural will become the normal in our lives, not the unnormal. Salvations will manifest around us. Healings, miracles. See, that is the fullness of the body of Christ that God has called. That is the body of Christ that God wants on this earth. He didn't call a body to be powerless and weak. He called us to have authority and to be his ambassadors, his representatives on earth. See, Jesus wasn't weak. Jesus was full of power. And if we've got to represent him, we can't represent him as weak. That's what the apostles were until the day of Pentecost. Do you remember that the apostles were afraid and they, were, they didn't know what was going on after Jesus died? They were worried that they were going to get um, persecuted by the, the people, the religious people. They, they even, Peter denied Jesus, uh, that, he, that, you know, that he knew him. Uh, they were afraid. But we see such a transformation after the day of Pentecost. We see these people full of power, full of boldness. They weren't afraid of any man. They, and that's why they spoke as they did in front of all these religious leaders, because they had no fear. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. See, when you have the perfect love of Christ in your life, you don't have fear. As Pastor Alex shared, we don't fear COVID-19. We don't fear all these Uh, different tumultuous things that are happening, all these pestilences. We don't fear them. You know why? Because we have the authority of Christ. We have the love of Christ in us. There is no fear. When perfect love comes in, it casts out all fear. Hallelujah. Then we see here in Matthew chapter 5, it says this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. What does that mean? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. See, what is the filling that is spoken of here? See, that is being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you hunger and thirst for the things of God, if you hunger and thirst for His presence, if you hunger and thirst for His character, then you will be filled. You will be filled with Holy Ghost power. Hallelujah. You will be filled, church. That is the filling of God. He will fill you with that anointing. He will fill you with his presence. Hallelujah. That is the filling of the Holy Ghost. And in Galatians um, chapter 5, see, 
we need to walk in the Spirit. And this is what confirms when we are walking in the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such there is no law. But see, church, that is the confirmation. It is the fruits that have to be manifested if you are walking in the Spirit. See, the test church is if you are demonstrating these fruits, well then, if you're not demonstrating these fruits, then you're not operating in the Spirit. You're operating in your flesh. But if you are truly surrendered and submit yourself to the leading of the Holy Spirit, then your life will most certainly demonstrate His fruit. It has to. See, it, it can't be contrary. You can't show something different. If you are surrendered and you're walking in the Spirit of God, you have to produce the fruit of God, which the Holy Spirit fruit is spoken of there, those nine fruits. And also, if we see a different manifestation of fruit, like anger, hatred, always in turmoil, always persecuting people, always putting people down. That is the fruit of the flesh. It's not of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is what has to be represented in our lives when we're submitted to the Spirit of God because He will produce that in you. See, Jesus said in Matthew seven sixteen, he says this, he says, you will know them by their fruits. See, what does that mean? It means that you will see who a person belongs to by the way they're living their lives. You'll see it. See, the fruit makes it clear to where they belong, where they're submitted to, what they're doing. If they're out of control, then their flesh is in control and Satan has, is ruling over their minds. But if they're submitted to the Spirit of God, then we will see the fruit of God being produced in their lives. That's why Jesus says you will know them by their fruits. You can't hide it. You know, he says that, will a thorn bush um, pr- uh, produce figs? Like a tree will produce after its own fruit. And if you're connected to the right tree, if you're connected to the vine, if you're connected to the life giver, Jesus, then you will produce the right fruit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, as the body of Christ, all need to be in this place. We all need to be in that position that we're submitted to the Spirit of God and His fruit being produced in our lives. See, there's too many people around this world that are perishing. There are too many people that are caught up in idolatry. There are too many people caught up in immorality. We, as the body of Christ, need to be completely in love with Jesus, that nothing else takes place or precedence in our lives except for Him. He needs to be number one in our life. He must be our all in all. We must want to live a life of denying ourselves, which means to deny our flesh. See, to operate in the fullness of his power, we need to live in the newness of the new creations that we are in Christ. Hallelujah. See, church, even when we are born again of God's spirit, he doesn't take away our free will. 
See, do you realize that? Even when we're born again of the Spirit of God, we still have free will. We can still choose to operate in the flesh. But by the grace of God, we surrender our lives to him and we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. But that means a denying of self. How do we know that? Because that is why Jesus gave us many examples. He said to us, Father, to take this cup of suffering away from me. But then he says, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will. See, that's an example to us. See, sometimes things are difficult. Sometimes um, we, we're tempted with things and it seems like we can't overcome them. But we've got to come to the point and say, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done in my life. Hallelujah. And then we have other numerous warnings in the Bible telling us to flee from sin and from flesh um, or our carnal minds. And I'll just use one of them because this is a powerful one. It's in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 to 6. It says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Hallelujah. So what is it saying? It's saying that we have to be like Christ. We have to imitate him. We have to behave like him. We've got to walk in love with each other. Hallelujah. And then it says, But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you, as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. So verse 6 says very clearly, let no one deceive you. Don't be deceived with empty words for because of these very things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience see he's talking to the church he's talking to the church that we need to keep our lives right with him those things are no longer fitting for us they don't belong to us anymore we need to be submitted to the spirit of God so that the fruit of the Holy Spirit can be made manifest in our lives It is our choice to surrender. God doesn't force us. He doesn't make us. But we know that if we don't, there are consequences. And so many people don't do or or have done that in the past and then they start to fall away. Then all of a sudden, God is no longer their number one in their lives. And there have been people that have come to this place this very church that are no longer even walking with God. There are people that I've known from way when I first became a Christian. Some of them have even perished because they stepped away from God. They got into sin and they got into all things. Now, I don't know their position. Only God, he knows where, they're, where they are right now because he is such a gracious God. He gives everyone the opportunity to repent and get their lives right with him. Hallelujah. But church, don't. It says it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Don't play around with the grace that has been afforded to you. 
Don't play around with the blessing that has come upon your life when Jesus has called you out of darkness into his glorious light. It's something that we need to take seriously. Hallelujah. We need to uh, be grateful for the gift of God that was given to us by grace, not because we um, deserved it, not because we did anything that was great, but we did something. We repented and we asked Jesus to come into our lives. But never, ever forget that day when God afforded you that grace. Never take it for granted. Never treat it unhallowed. Never treat it in an unworthy manner because that is such a precious and special gift that gives us eternal life. Hallelujah. We need to always appreciate what God has done for us. I never forget my old life that was in this world. It was such um, such a life that was out of control. But I never forget the day that Jesus came in and changed my life. I will never, ever forget it till the day I die, and I'll never take it for granted because he took me out of darkness. He took me out of that miry clay and established my feet upon the rock, which is Christ. Hallelujah. That is something that I will never, ever take for granted. Yes, Oh, okay. So, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, what a night. We just need to keep our hearts right. Um, I might get the, the worship team up and we'll close tonight. I just want to encourage you, church, if, if you think you've taken God's grace for granted, if you been living a way that you know that has not been pleasing to God, it's not over. The devil wants to make it over for you, but it's not over. He's a liar. He just wants, God just wants to restore you. He wants to bring you back to that um, place that he has called you to be at. He wants to put you on that right path. He wants to establish your feet. He wants to guide your life. He wants to be number one in your life. Hallelujah. And he's reaching out to you tonight. If you find yourself in that position, just know that he loves you. He loves you with a love that is not even expressible because to go to the cross and suffer what Jesus did for us, is there's no explanation to how deep and how great that love is. Hallelujah. So tonight, church, I just want to encourage you that, you know, God is for us, so who can be against us? I just want to encourage you that tonight we can step into the fullness of the calling. We can surrender ourselves totally. Allow that anointing power of the Holy Ghost to come upon your life and really change this world for Jesus. Amen. Let's be really his ambassadors. Let's be his representatives with power upon this earth. Let us see our local community change. Let's see the state of Queensland change. Let's see the nation of Australia change. Let's see nations around the world change because of what Jesus has done in our lives. Hallelujah. Bless you all. love the chance to stay in contact with you. We want to help you find your next steps in life with vision and purpose through Jesus Christ. If you haven't already, you can jump onto our website at allnationswestend.com to find out more. We look forward to doing this journey together.